0: The Paper Tiger Syndrome, How to Liberate Yourself from the Illusion of Fear. Rebecca Ward, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: I am so pleased to be here, John.
0: It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from California. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about your book, The Paper Tiger Syndrome How to Liberate Yourself from the Illusion of Fear. I think that's a fantastic title. I'm really excited to learn more about the book and the key messages therein. Uh, Before we get started, I just wanted to share Rebecca's bio with everybody. Rebecca Ward is an American therapist, author, and executive coach. She has nearly 30 years of combined experience in management, consulting, and executive coaching. More recently, Rebecca has added author to her competencies with her new book, which we'll be discussing today she is particularly interested in helping others and leaders in particular, learn the personal, professional, and systematic beliefs of regulating their nervous system. Again, a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with me or my audience by way of your background and personal context before we dive on in?
1: No, I, I mean, I would say one one distinction for me is that, uh, as you mentioned, I'm a therapist and an executive coach. Most uh, coaches are not also therapists. Sure. That kind yeah. of puts me in a, a unique position to help. Uh, across the board, there's no limitations to the work that I can do with my clients.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That is an important distinction. Um, uh, it's a, it's a whole different thing uh, to go through the whole process of becoming a certified therapist yes,
1: <laughs> than being an is.
0: executive coach for sure. Yes, yes. Well, okay. Let's go ahead and dive in and tell us uh, before we even talk about what paper, paper tiger is. Cause I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I want you to tell us just a little bit about the, the origin story behind this book. Why this yeah. book? Why now? Why is it important for us?
1: Yeah. So, well, you know, I, I think it's important for everybody to understand that you know, regardless of where you are in, you know, what position power you have, everybody is a leader. And in in my case, I I had have been through quite a bit in my own personal life. And uh, as a result of all the things that I've been through, which I talk about in the first chapter of the book, uh, many, many people said to me, you've got to write your book, you got to write this book, because you can help other people overcome stress and trauma and, uh, you know, things that have happened in the past to them. So I finally decided at the beginning of COVID to take on this task. And um, it was perfect timing to just sort of focus my attention on uh, getting the book published and out there uh, to help people.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. And I think many people had these types of COVID projects, didn't they? Uh, When we had an opportunity for some reset and some reflection and, and to do, you know, perhaps things we thought about doing, but just didn't really take the chance to do it. Um, So I congratulate you on that. It's no small feat um, to go through the harrowing process of writing a book, especially a book like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I appreciate uh, that. And, and I know there's, there's so much great content here uh, that we're going to be unpacking. That's going to really be able to help people. All right. Why don't we define a few things? If you can explain for us a little bit, paper tiger first. I'm really interested in paper tiger and the paper tiger syndrome, then we can go further.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, paper tiger actually comes uh, from the communist uh, movement. Mao Zedong was the first person to use that term in reference to uh, some conflict that he was experiencing with the United States and the United States kept threatening uh, to attack. And he said, "Oh." It's just a paper tiger, meaning that's it's a it's a false threat. They're not going to do anything, and that that term, the paper tiger, took uh, took hold in our social systems and our societies and uh, became sort of the catchphrase for anything that is an illusion of of danger that is in fact innocuous. So I, I took that term, the paper tiger, and added this term syndrome. Because I think this is uh, the paper tiger syndrome, is something that all human beings, regardless of culture, regardless of position in, in our culture, struggle with this illusion of fear, which is the su- part of the subtitle How to Liberate Yourself from the Illusion of Fear. And I, I am so passionate about this topic of fear and how much it is running us every day without us even knowing some form of fear is running, how we think, feel, and act in life. And I talk about that in book, the book in great detail, but what the point of this paper tiger syndrome and the idea of the book is to help people make the distinction between a real threat or a real tiger, uh, make the distinction between that and have the nervous system act automatically. The autonomic nervous system will Act automatically on your behalf when there is an an imminent threat in your space, which is rare and more rare today than it was in primitive times when saber-toothed tigers were lurking, lurking in the grass all the time. Our primitive ancestors had to deal with real tigers all the time. So making a distinction between a real tiger and a paper tiger, the illusion of fear, an innocuous. Uh, perception of what fear is, which in the modern world are things like pressures at work, difficult conversations, deadlines, traffic can cause a stress response in our bodies that is a perception of fear. We don't think of it in those terms, but it is a constant in our daily lives, anxiety, depression, stress. These are paper tigers that we need to work on regulating our nervous system to overcome to liberate ourselves from that, and that there's so much um, there's so much benefit to overcoming these perceived fears when you have a system that's constantly under stress and like as an example two thirds of all Americans have some kind of stress disease connection so, there's a there's a significant improvement to our overall physical and mental health when we have a regulated nervous system, when we're not operating from a place of fear all the time. We'll make better decisions, big and small. We won't be making decisions from a place of fear anymore. So this is uh, really what I would consider the true pandemic of our time, we've been dealing with this for centuries since the dawn of humankind and we're at this stage right now where it's becoming more and more critical that we overcome our stress responses because the this old primitive wiring that we have isn't designed for the modern world our bodies are not designed for the pace in which we go the demands that are are upon us all the time so we have to learn how to build capacity and build resilience to be able to overcome stress and have a, yeah. a system that is an, is operating in service of us.
0: Yeah, uh so much you said there that I it is fantastic and I love uh this this idea of paper tigers and as you describe it as a syndrome, you know, I also see this just being so prevalent. So I think that's apt. And I was going to ask about illusion of fear. You I think you described it quite well. Um the reality is like you said uh, we all have very real threats, very real dangers in our lives. We all have very real trauma that we've experienced. We all have our stuff, our baggage, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's not about suggesting that all of that is fake and that we just need to like put on a happy face and just, uh, you know, be Pollyanna-ish. That's not what we're talking about at all. No. Um, but it's it's recognizing that there is a distinction between the real threats facing us and just the everyday things that happen to us that trigger that fight or flight response um, that just is ingrained in our wiring and our our psychological evolution uh, as a species. And so recognizing those things, I think, is the first step uh, of what can impact us so that we can mitigate it and we can take steps to counteract uh, those things. (laughs) And I like what, you know, really what you were saying from the very beginning is part of this is just a mindset shift. It's just to, to be able to recognize um, that, yes, there are things within our control. There are things outside of our control. Yes, there are things that are real threats. There are things that aren't necessarily the same kinds of threats uh, that maybe we perceive them to be. Uh, and to be, to have our lives dictated out of fear and to respond and to act out of fear and to make decisions out of fear usually will not get us to the same productive, positive place um, that uh, we can get to if we can recognize things for what they are uh, and and react to them uh, accordingly and even be proactive uh, mm-hmm. to those types of things.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I, I'd also add that this, in addition to it being a mindset shift it's it's also about working with the nervous system which is in our bodies we you know in our modern world we are rewarded for our minds and what we think and our intellect but the the body gets often gets ignored and that is un- unfortunately that is the reason why so many people have stress and anxiety because they don't know how to work with their nervous system, work with their body to overcome that. So we have to deepen the relationship between the mind and the nervous system to be able to um, overcome fear. I think that that's one of the differences between the work I do with my clients and other executive coaches is that I'm I'm working on the entire person, the entire self to overcome whatever is uh, holding them back. And oftentimes, you know, what's holding them back is not uh, just a stress response in the moment. It's also about, you know, what they're, wh- they've carried into their adult lives from their childhood. So, you know, the developmental stressors, the traumas from childhood, even if you don't think they are running you, there's a good chance that something from just about every person's childhood is impacting them in their adult lives. And that's the part that I care about is it's not about unpacking our entire past. It's about uh, being really precise and, and kind of surgical about the past. Where in your past um, are there events or people or stressors or trauma that are still affecting your ability to function in the present moment? That's what we care about. And we, we get really specific about those moments, those events. And I have this, this way of helping people. It's kind of magical, John. It's it, When we get to that level of, of repair, uh, repairing our past, renegotiating our memories, it's astounding what that can do for people. It's, it's almost hard to describe. And I can give you an example of one if you'd like, but there's just yeah. so much impact um, working with our, our past traumas. Yeah. And if
0: I can just reiterate, you know, as I was introducing you at the very beginning and you reiterated yourself, being a coach and a trained therapist, I think is valuable in this um, arena because, again, we all have our baggage. We all have our stuff that's informing who we are today and how we interact with others and the decisions we make and, and our behaviors, right? We all have that stuff. And most people... You know, can be armchair psychologists, but they they don't they're not trained. They don't know how to deal with uh, past trauma, especially the really serious things that are impacting uh, people today and, and perhaps holding them back. And I'm a big advocate for for people getting therapy, uh, dealing with those things. Uh, I, I do think the social stigma around therapy is thankfully been reducing in recent years, even the last decade or two. Um, so it's it's more acceptable, I think socially acceptable for people to be open about uh, their mental health and their traumas and their therapy. And, and I think all of that's great. I would just urge anyone listening, you know, most people could benefit from actual therapy with an actual therapist. Yes, <laughs> and so yeah. c- uh, coaching is fantastic. Coaching uh, can, can help us in a lot of ways, but there are things that just can't be addressed with a coach that you need an actual licensed, trained therapist to help you with. Um, just like I'm an advocate for mental health, um, medications as appropriate. Uh, I'm a big advocate for, uh, for counseling and therapy and, and let's use all of the tools at our disposal to make sure we're as healthy as we can be.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think one of the important things I, I want to point out too, to the listeners is that most of the people that I work with are, are at the top of organizations and there is this expectation that CEOs and p- folks in the C-suite, uh, you know, they they don't have any problems and they, they often do and need somebody to confide in their lives, especially for CEOs, are particularly isolated you know, that there aren't a lot of people that at that level you can really trust, uh, when you move, move into the position of CEO. So it's very important to have somebody who you can confide in, um, with some of these deeper issues we're talking about and help them over overcome it. I had one client, I'll just share a quick story here, uh, who is a very well-known CEO. Obviously I'm not going to disclose their name, came to me, uh, at the stage in life when they were suicidal and um, they worked with me in these, what I call these weekend intensives. I host one-on-one exclusive weekend intensives with CEOs and folks in the C-suite one-on-one. We devote 48 hours to uh, working through issues and that they really like that because it's, it doesn't, take up an hour a week. It's more like compressed therapy. So in a weekend, you get about a year's worth of therapy done. In that weekend, we, I think we did two and then uh, two sessions or two weekends. And then a year later, you know, we had been doing these once every month or once every quarter for about a year. And I said to him, he said, he said to me, I, if this has changed my life, I'm not the same person I was when we first started. And I said, well, let me go back to my original notes and tell you what you said in your first session. And I mentioned, of course, that he was suicidal and he could not believe that he was in that mindset just a year before and how much his life had changed, how much of the fears and the past traumas um, he had overcome in a a short period of time. So these sessions are transformational for people. And it's not just personally and professionally transformational. It's also systemically transformational. When I work with CEOs, we're not just healing one person. We're healing a whole system. When somebody oversees an entire system, the, all the other nervous systems in that, in that environment are pinging off each other. So if you've got a regulated leader who is running the organization, they're going to change how they run the organization from this work. Which is very, very satisfying for the client and for me, because I am essentially doing uh, work for thousands, sometimes thousands of people working with one person.
0: the ripple effects of this work is important and you've already referred to it a bit. And I appreciate that example. Uh, Maybe we can talk a little bit more uh, explicitly about the different types of benefits that can come to leaders through this self-regulation, this discovery mindset shift, self-regulation of nervous system um, so that they can be their best selves. So they can model that kind of health for their teams. And then we can have the, the maximum impact, the maximum ripple effect that you're talking about.
1: Yes. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, some of the things that uh, people typically come to me for, as I mentioned, uh, have to do with past trauma or past stressors in their lives. And um, what I have known, just as going back to that same example I'm referring to, just to keep it simple, um, the dis- kinds of things that change are their personal relationships, their professional relationships, they, they're they much more at ease most people don't realize they're walking around with an undercurrent of unease, and we don't know any different because it's been with us our whole lives. But when you lift that undercurrent, when i when a client works with me to lift that undercurrent, the uh, there is this incredible expansion of creativity, of innovation, of strategic thinking that Opens up and becomes infinite. So, when a system is under stress, you have less access to what we call your prefrontal cortex, right? So, that's very important. We can't be working from our primitive brain, the amygdala, which is the other brain we have. And when you're under stress, you have less access to that prefrontal cortex. You're more, you know, making decisions from, again, a place of fear, which is your amygdala survival. That survival energy uh, it really runs us. So through this work, we release a lot of that and give you more access to your higher order thinking brain, your executive brain that gives you access to the creativity and the innovation and the strategic thinking that you had, but more of it, far more of it, far less of that fear-based thinking. Which right now is very important. You know, we're things are. You know, last year at Davos they uh, they named 2022 the poly crisis year, and uh, I think that we are. I'd argue it. This is the poly crisis year, 2023. We are going through this right now, so we need more leaders in positions where they are. Capable of managing the, their capacity to increase their capacity to develop more resilience in their nervous systems, to be able to make decisions that are going to continue to be difficult. You know, we we aren't designed for the modern world, so we have to work through the the compression, the intensity, the 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 what would I call the bracing in our bodies. To be able to open up to have more access to our, our, higher, our higher selves. And um, that's what this work does for people.
0: So if I am an executive listening today and I'm thinking, oh, this sounds fantastic. Um, maybe you're a little bit hesitant, a little bit nervous. Um, what would you say to those individuals about first steps, um, taking the plunge, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use in yeah. terms of like starting the process for, yes. uh, addressing our own paper tigers and, uh, trying to eradicate the, the being ruled by that illusion of fear.
1: Yeah. Good question. I think everybody's a little bit nervous coming in. I think that's totally normal. So that's the first thing I would say is, nervousness is a signal this is something you need and then I would also say that we don't I don't go right into the heart or right into the center of stress or trauma this is a process and it's titrated so that you can function in your daily life you can go back to work you can go home and be uh able to to function uh, the work is done in a way that Uh, We work with what your nervous system is capable of, you know, and we build on that. So, you you know, that's one thing that I think uh, a lot of other therapists and coaches don't consider is people have to go back to their daily lives after this work. So um, we, I pace it so that uh, the, the client does not have a struggle getting back to their daily lives and it's all customized. So there's no protocol, or this is the order in which we're going to do it. Every person is unique. Every person is different and their story is different. So the work is truly customized and uh, we pace it so that it can be integrated, not have it blow back on the person.
0: Yeah, that's great. And like you said, we all have our daily lives and our stuff that we still have to do and get done. And, And so we do have to be aware as we're doing this work. Um, that, uh, you know, what we do can be disruptive, uh, to people and, and in a, in a good way ultimately, but you still have, uh, the, the day to day as you're trying to change habits, as you're trying to change your approach, yes. um, you still have to deal with the, the, the responsibilities that you have right in front of you. So let's do That's it right. in a responsible way, do it in a way that will allow people to make the, the, the adjustments they need, uh, but also meet, the obligations and responsibilities they have, absolutely, um, and I yeah. think that's the healthiest way we can possibly approach it.
1: It is, and it's it's the only way, really, because if we do it, you know, if we go past that threshold uh, of resilience, we we're not doing it right. It it has it the, the body needs time to integrate it, the mind needs time to integrate it. So we we want to stay within what we call the window of resilience, and we want to move past that.
0: Rebecca, it has just been a pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience, how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, where they can find your book, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Okay. The paper tiger syndrome, how to liberate yourself from the illusion of fear is available in all bookstores and on Amazon. So feel free to check that out. You can uh, find that also on my website, irisinstitute.com, I R I -S 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 S like the flowerinstitute.com. You can also type in my name, it'll reroute it to the, the proper website, RebeccaWard.com. Um, and I would just say, reach out to me on my contact page, and we will get some time set up to talk about how I can help support you. I'm also available on all the social media sites uh, Facebook, Instagram. I don't do TikTok, but uh, LinkedIn. I am Rebecca Ward, is my, uh, my ID or my handle. And, uh, my last uh, message that I would say out to everybody is, uh, you know, this is a difficult time. And if you're interested in, in help it, getting some help and support, I would love to hear from you.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Rebecca. It's been a pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Rebecca can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.